Welcome everyone to the All Heart Podcast. I am your host, Noni Lamar, and this is a podcast all about healing our culture with joy and pleasure. This season, keep it real with yourself, be real with yourself. That's what the season's all about. We're kind of winding down, and as we're winding down, we had this bright idea, and by we, I mean me and our incredible producer, editor, Debbie Allen, that we should turn the tables a little bit. And today, I'm going to be the guest, along with my wonderful husband, Tarak. And now I'm going to turn the podcast host mic over to Debbie. I'm I'm frightened. I'm scared. <laughs> I have no idea what trick she has up her sleeve. So let's go. Hi. <laughs> First of all, I'm not Umi, so I can't do it like Umi does. But... These are two of the people that I love so much. So I'm super excited to be able to talk to them. And the rules are that nothing's off limits. First, let's actually introduce our <laughs> real guest. Can I be the host? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I would like to give take a moment for the guests to introduce themselves. Umi, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm your host. <laughs> She's not the host. You got to be something other than the host today. I'm the guest and my name is Noni. I am a mother, a wife, a human, and a creator, artist, multi-hyphenate. I do a bunch of creative change the world type of things. Right now I'm focused on changing myself. And yeah, I'm sure y'all could find a bio of me online. But yeah, that's that's who I am. Okay, and I would like to introduce my brother, Tarak. Yes. Tarak, can you tell us a little something about yourself? Uh, let's see. I'm here with my wife. Keep my feet still. Noni Lamar is uh, the wife of my lineage. We have four children. Um, I'm a creator. I'm a creator. I'm a father, obviously. Um, I've done some audio-visual designs, um, done some healing work, I've done some music, done some management, you know, just trying to be all around. You're my favorite rapper. Example of growth. You're my favorite rapper. At least for me, thank you. <laughs> You're my favorite. And I want to say that favorite. if Tarak decided to tell you a million things about him, that would be like tiny little yeah. chip <laughs> scratch of the surface of who's niggas. So today we're going to talk about relationships. Where did you guys meet? Wait, that's not the order. Of- <laughs> that's not your outline. Okay, hold up, y'all. Because this is an edit-free podcast. I'm not doing no editing, so you guys are going to get just what we do. All right, I introduced the guests. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else am I supposed to do? Oh, we're supposed to do some grounding questions. So, um, Noni, how do you like to be loved? Uh, I love, I like to be loved in a really real way. I prefer, um, lots of affection. I prefer lots of quality time and yeah, I like a lot of attention, but not too much. So I like a lot of presence and also enough space so I can just miss you. 
it's probably different than I like to be loved maybe when we met, but right now definitely like a sweet, I like sweet, sticky, kind love, very affectionate, um, and lots of time together doing things together, but with enough space to not feel crowded. Okay, like sweet sticky thing. That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. I love, I love that song. Tarak, how do you like to be loved? Ooh, okay. I wish I would have gotten emailed questions. <laughs> no one does. It's okay. How do I like to be loved? Um, uh, direct. Um, I like sauces. <laughs> um, um, I love adventure and colors. You know. Does this not qualify? Yeah, I love this answer. Um, I'm like, of course, why not? Adventuring I, I colors. Like, I like fertile soil. Why does that sound sexual? <laughs> hey, hey, y'all, come on now. We in this room together. Three of us, it's dark in here. Um, <laughs> come on now. Feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> but I also like enough room for my own wonderment, for my own discovery, so I can, you know, you can bring something back to the love. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Umi, mm-hmm. how do you like to love? I like to give people what they need. I'm I'm pretty decent for the most part. Uh, not always with Tarak, but <laughs> in general, um, I like to see how people are cut and like really study them and just pay enough attention to give people exactly what they need. Yeah, great. To rock? Yes. How do you like to love? Uh, how do I like <laughs> to love? Uh, I like to give what's needed as well. It, uh, The moment is always going to demonstrate what's needed, whether the person is saying it or not. So I kind of find the line in between. Mm. So, okay. That's yeah. okay. honest. Umi, mm. what's something you feel like we all need to be real with ourselves about? Mm, I think we all need to be real with ourselves about how addicted we are to social media mm. and how addicted we are to our telephones and how we use them to escape. I know it's a big problem I have, and I think it's one of the greatest problems of the moment. Okay. Tarak, what is something you feel like we all need to be real with about ourselves? You sure? Or real with ourselves about? Sorry. You want to ask me? Yes. We sure we want to ask (laughs) you. Um, (laughs) Be honest. Umi, don't tell them what to do. You're not the host. Yeah, you're not, you know. Be honest. I'm I'm the host. Sorry. There's no... uh, I'm going to mute your mic like the debates. That's a good one. Um, there's a lot of stimulation there's a lot of spectacle um, overstimulation uh, that causes us to be distracted from what's really going on that we're supposed to be able to tell from the inside Mm -hmm. but when you spend a lot of time in the distractions becoming a part of the distractions you're going to miss that you're going to find yourself lost so I think we need to be real with ourselves about being lost and mm-hmm. come to self and become self-centered, you know. 
you shine outward from there. Uh, I yield. <laughs> Dang, dude, that was that was dope. Can you imagine if we sent you the questions? It would have been ridiculous. Would been like, so this is as mu- this is as much as we can handle right now. You don't need no pre warning at all. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you. So, friends. Yes. Yes. Now, all the questions that uh, everybody wanted to know. Okay. So, how did you guys meet? At the club. At the club at a birthday celebration. So, yeah. Umi was just dropping it like it was hot, and you were like, oh, that's the one for me? No, not quite. Um, <laughs> she came in, I was with some people. Uh, we were just kind of surfing, but we were paying homage to one of our brothers. Shout out, Coleman. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Coleman, but I was there for somebody else's birthday celebration. So mm. actually we met before we met. Um, mm. He was at my house the night before and I heard his voice and I was going to get up, but I was like, oh, I never heard that voice before. Like it was pretty much, I'm, I'm really like an audio uh, person, right? So I was like, oh my God, that's the best voice I've ever heard. So let me get up and see who it is. It sounds like a black dude. Cause I was living with two girls that weren't black. And I'm like, what's a black dude doing in here? And then I was like, nah, I looked down. I had like crazy clothes on. I was asleep. So I was like, ah, I'll just ask who it was the next day. And then later on that day, the next day. Wait, wait, wait. What were you there for? Do you remember? The celebration. No, when you were at her house. Oh, uh, the celebration. Oh, okay. It was like, a, you know, like the party after the party. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was like wingmanning somebody who was interested. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, uh, I heard his voice. And then that same, the next day I got up and I like went to Amoeba and I bought a Dilla record. And I remember my roommates mentioning his name. I was listening to the record on my way to the club. And I heard him say to rock on the record. And I was like, that sounds like, is that the same? Sounds like the same voice I heard last night. And then when I went into the club, then I saw him and I kept just going back and forth. Like, it was kind of one of those things, like, just infatuation at sight. Like, very much a recognition. So, I was, somebody else was trying to get my number at the end of the night. And then Tarak came and was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what is is that is that your memory of that very, night too? very accurate very accurate <laughs> yeah so what did you think when you saw Noni were you paying attention to her in that way or were you guys just um so you know for the most part you know I, I know it's mine so <laughs> when I see the eyes and we met eyes it was like okay okay that was clear and I just went forward you know and from there I just mm-hmm. learned you know, some of the best lessons <laughs> Ooh, that life and relationships can offer. Good answer. Yeah. So let me ask you. So when you guys, how, how did y'all, did you, did you approach her that night or yeah. did she, and you, you were like, you got her number or like yeah, what yeah, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did you guys, you guys went your separate ways? For a few hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like we were talking, we were awesome. talking like yeah. immediately. Yeah. I think we saw each other like the next day. Consistent. Yeah. yeah. So when you saw each other, wait, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to be in your business no, or nothing, but yeah, we slept together on the first day. <laughs> this is what this is asking. That's not, I, was, <laughs> I, w- I would never be that direct <laughs> to my friends. But but did you? I'm just trying to figure out. Did it stop and then like flow into it, or did it? Was it just like 
out of the pocket and you guys were like, okay, no, we're together right now. No, we weren't together. It was a season. Yeah, we weren't together. Okay. The interview, excuse me, the interview season, like. But we, when we, whenever we were together, we were with each other for like twenty four hours or something like that. Okay. So the first time we hung out, it was twenty four hours later. Good synergy, you know. And Tarak, you're from where? Where? Where are you from? I was born in Pennsylvania, Erie, Pennsylvania, but I was raised in Detroit. Okay. So how long had you been here when you guys met? Um, How many months was it? I don't know. You 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 were recently here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, within the first few months of me being out here. And then did you guys, was it, did you guys go in and out of relationship before you like decided to like really be in a relationship? Yeah, I, I think that's the interview process. I, I don't call it that, but I You know, <laughs> you know you go yes, do, you we, know. We yeah. dated other people at the same time, yeah. but we were always dating each other. I think I initially had a lot more, um, invested in terms of like wanting us to be together and i was pretty young when we met like i was only 24 so at that time were you into committed relationships like that's what you were looking for um i wouldn't call it that Uh, is that not honest yeah go ahead i mean i think i wanted to be in a committed relationship with tarot that's what i mean but anyone else no Okay. I definitely, if I wasn't, if to, because Tarak didn't want to be in a committed relationship, I was definitely dating multiple people. Mm-hmm. And anytime I would be dating someone else and Tarak would come in and out, I would just leave that person behind. I was very much, cl- I was very clear once I met him that I was either going to be with Tarak or I was going to be a person that was going to be maybe polyamorous or, mm-hmm. yeah, and just, I just knew like, because before I met him, I was having a hard time kind of making sense of monogamy. It didn't really seem like it was for me. And yeah, I just wasn't that ever that passionate about someone in the same way. You know, I loved, I loved, I had a couple of boy, maybe only one boyfriend before, one or two. And I, and I cared for them. I loved them, but it just, I never had that feeling that people talk about in songs like, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I had never felt like that about anyone. So when I met him, I remember dating someone and they said, oh, you think you're not crazy because you haven't met the right person yet. And I was dating him. And I was like, well, it's not you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, but once I met Tarak, it definitely brought out the crazier side. Sometimes you don't end up with the person you're craziest with. <laughs> so Tarak, when you during that time, what where were you? Where was your head relationship wise? What time is this? Is, is the few, early years. The early years. Um, it's like you know. <laughs> so, like the interview process. So it was like it's like what what are we doing here? What's going on? What okay? And then time causes it to dwindle away. You just let that happen, you know, and push on. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, we're back. Wait, you dating somebody else too? Okay, well, let me tell you what's going on. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, you go do that. I'll meet you on the other end. And then you wind up meeting them on the other end. Like, okay. Yours could have went forever. Mine could have went forever, but it didn't. We wind up back here. So at a certain point, I just reflected. I got more serious myself. I was like, okay, what's going on here? I'm, I'm gonna take a step into the basement. I had to take a look at the feminine energy I hold, you know, that I come with, and I say, all right, 
where do I see that reflected in my environment with the people who I'm sharing my space with? And that was also a personal interview process. And I came to see, like, oh, you know, I can see a lot of myself, the bad and the good in this person. Mm-hmm. Almost mirror exactitude, you know. So I stepped to it with that seriousness. And from there, we're here. Yeah, once we decided to be in an actual relationship, we we haven't been apart since. Yeah. So how, how long y'all been together? This uh, run? Yeah, this run. Well, we met in... 11. We met 11, 15 12. years ago. This yeah. run started in 08? 09. New Year's 09. 09? Yeah. yeah, something like that. So let me ask you, what is the most challenging part? No, it was 09. It was not something like that. I just want to put that. What you say? About I, actually, I'm, maybe I should rewind to like t- ten, know. twelve, fifteen. What I, was it? Yeah. Because I thought um, we got back together when my grandfather passed. That was February '09. Okay. I was. Uh, we got back January right after. Oh, you're right. I that is when it was. Yeah. And I'm forty-five. Yeah, you were thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Did your families interact with each other? Do they know each other? Yeah, they have now. Um, well, the interesting thing is where I was born, her stepfather was also born there. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, he's from Erie, too. So I grew up hearing about Erie. So then by the time, you know, we're, that's fast forwarding around the timeline. But when, once we had our first child, we did go to Erie. Mm-hmm. And we went to like a family reunion mm-hmm. of his family. Y'all have any of the same family members at that family reunion? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, my family—that's my stepfather. So no, <laughs> we are not—we are not related. Um, Tarak's actually the only person I ever dated that met my father. Yeah. I, no one ever had met my father before, and he met my father when we were still in that kind of dating others phase. Yeah, that, that I'm about to meet your father. What phase? Yeah, huh? but you know, longtime listeners know my dad has a lot of stuff going on with him. So he had just gotten the, the dementia had just started around then so this is like 15 years ago so he just I, I had lost him or something and I think I asked you to come with me to find him he was kind of wandering yeah so he ended up meeting them and going to family stuff it was odd <laughs> that's not the wheelchair with the 7-eleven no that's, no, much, that's later. much later oh, okay that's a good story. <laughs> yeah the is not funny but it's hilarious <laughs> um so when did you guys decide to like like cohabit like move in together like what 2000 well let, let, should we start at 2009 yeah let's start there about okay. 2009 and was that a conscientious decision or yeah. was it it yeah. was like you yeah before it's like you know you just wind up you know i go over there be there for like like she said 24 hours two three days like okay i'm, I'm out this month and i go home then she come over or She's I broke up with somebody. Days, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have a house. I was like homeless, basically. I didn't want to move in with my parents, so he said I could live with him. But we weren't together, mm. you know? So it's, you know, how I like to put it is like, I realized that Tarak was my family. And once I realized he was my family and he was always going to be in my life, thing that was it, you know? I, it didn't really, so even at that time, like Tarak didn't have to let me live with him. He, didn't probably even want that right but he was dating other people too so it was kind of like i knew what the deal was even when we weren't together and we were i was exclusive with someone else we were still talking and friends 
we just always told each other everything like we've always been good we've always been friends Mm -hmm. i think that that's key like and then by the time we made the decision to come back together we had to do a lot of atoning yeah we had probably like a year or two of atoning for all like the ways we lied and just we're dumb and like young and dumb because we were when we met we were both like active musicians traveling just living mm-hmm. life really enjoying life and a no more kamikaze about things yeah, yeah. it was we had a good time yeah. separate and apart i so, mean separate and together when you guys when you guys um like i know you guys dated when you also dated other people but so when you decided to come together and be in a monogamous relationship was that was that challenging for you I mean, you don't think it is until you. The monogamy part realize, wasn't yeah. hard for the monogamy part. Well, I'm thinking about the atoning part. That like, part that, was that's hard. Where it yeah. becomes challenging, where you know, the things that come up are the mindlessness that you used before. Those tactics, if you will, come back to your face, and it's like, oh, I did do that. I did say that. I was behaving like that. Oh, I did uh-huh. play you like that so long that it's like this, or. I did train you to think it's going to be like this. Oh, okay. And then we had to put things in order and like come to atonement. You know? Yeah, that was challenging yeah. to make up for all the ways we treated each other poorly. Right. That was ta- challenging. But the part of being together no, and not being with other people, I think once we both, we're pretty stubborn people. You know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Fixed. We're very fixed. Yeah, we're both fixed, fixed signs. So we decided we're going to be together. We're together. Yeah. And we both have that mentality of like a, a true marriage mentality. Like we going to rock with this. What what is your uh, uh, from you first rock? What what is your um did you have an example of marriage or or what relationship in that way looked like that you Not could... the way I was going towards, you know, starting there or even now. There was no you know so you know so so my parents, they, you know, my stepfather, he's been around since I was about nine or ten, and he got my stamp of approval. So we good to go. But in terms of how my makeup is, that's not quite the fabric I'm questing for. So I took the best from the house, you know, took all the qualities I was taught, and I went out and learned more. And then I, I you know, then you know, um. You're not trying to live up to a standard. You're trying to create one. So you just want to be your best and everything that comes up you want to be able to face it at your best level you know so no there are not a lot of examples of that you know I feel like there's a lot of you know popcorn that takes place in terms of the relationships and excuses on why it does it doesn't work and that's cool every you know but at a certain point there are some things that got to be faced and you're not going I heard that uh, um, um, you're not going to be able to determine if you're an actual man until you put an actual woman in front of you. Mm-hmm. You can run around with it all day, but until you can deal with a woman in front of you, how can you say that you're a man? You know. So I took that and I was like, oh, okay, we gotta have some different demonstrations here, some different interactions. So when you look at the relationships that you've seen mm-hmm. in the past, do you feel like you use the, you t- I, I hear you say you took what was, mm-hmm what worked for you mm-hmm. from that but do you feel like those were examples of a relationship you didn't want like did it make you want something no. better or different for yourself no 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 it was yeah i had a good you know my you know 
my parents like to hold hands and kiss each other on the cheek and uh, you know they like to get it in they're, they're really affectionate so it wasn't a bad example by any means but my um, you know my my sights was set a little different like I'm trying to figure out where are the standards and how do they work not you know what's the script I don't yeah. want to know the script I want to know what are the standards so that we can put them in effect and measure up you know because so you know. I think that's because a lot of people have a hard time with relationships because they say like that I've never even seen a successful relationship ever. So it's I think that's a good mm. thing to I like agree. a good lesson to learn that you can you can make a pattern for yourself that mm. it doesn't have to pre-exist. It could be what works for you being your best. Yeah, you know, and then I think um, whatever's actually needed starts to just magnetize to you. You know, information like, oh, this is how they did. Oh, this is why they do it mm. like this. Oh, oh, okay. And then you can start carving out, you know, for yourself. What's the, and you'll, you know, a lot of times we come to find some of our ways have already been demonstrated. They've already been done and talked about, but we just hadn't reached that point through literature and academics. We had reached it through climbing the mountain, you know, on the rough side. Mm hmm. <laughs> on the rough side yeah. the B side <laughs> Umi what about you uh, well my mom married my stepdad when I was 7 years old and he's white so it. I mean I say that to say like I always wanted to be in a relationship with two black folks so misnomer sorry go ahead melanated people Sorry. To melanated people. <laughs> <It's no matter. laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't really see that example. My father also, he was definitely, uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone. It's like probably his theme song. So I saw him go through lots and lots of women, just just piles of condoms, like always, everywhere. Cameroon. <laughs> Cameroonian. So... You know, I I think I kind of had a belief that mono, a monogamous relationship that was healthy between two black uh, melanated people wasn't possible. Um, I had some examples in my family, like my grandmother was in a long-term relationship, but it just, nothing that I could relate to. Um, when I, around the time I was in my 20s, like early college, I'm... I, I got into like a group of friends who had a lot of uh, elders that were together and they practiced like more of a comedic way of life. And so I started to see examples in that community of a relationship that could work. And I remember saying to the, one of my friends like, oh, I don't think that any man could be monogamous. And he was like, that's not true. Look at my parents. And I you know, for the first time considered like, oh, look at your parents. And I started to really look at his parents and study his parents and talk to his mom. And one time, you know, we were all laughing and joking and just talking shit one day, like all of us, like we were at like a book club for that group. And she looked at all of us and she was like, y'all are getting too old for this. You need to go out and have some families. <laughs> and she might've said it in such a lighthearted way, but it, I could feel us all like take a deep breath and like look around because we were like making fart jokes and like just like being <laughs> like Muppet babies. Yeah, <laughs> like we were being ridiculous and we were like 24, 25. And she's like, y'all need to go meet someone and have families, black families. Go do it. 
And I was, I respected her so much that I remember making the decision like, all right, all right, known, like find, find what you want to have a fan, who you want to have a family with. And so I went on that, that mission from then. But to me, Brother Majadi and Sister Naila are probably the only examples I had of the kind of healthy relationship. Also, I had a mentor in college, Manla, his wife knows sees away, but they didn't have children. So I didn't know how you could, you know, I didn't get to see that family dynamic with children. But those two couples really showed me two people that were friends who were very committed to the community and to upliftment and that were spiritually in alignment with one another and were pro-melanated people. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, I would say I got my examples a little later. I got my examples in college, but I was looking for them. And and both of those couples, they were, I kind of can, now that I'm reflecting on it, see us in them and that they weren't always all over each other, but you could tell how much they loved one another. They had a lot of care for one another, respect, and they had a lot of fire in their relationship where you can see them challenging each other the kind of sparring, like making, keeping each other sharp. And I think I I was really clear that I wanted to be in a marriage with someone who was super, super sharp. I was clear about that too. I can't keep it low. No dull knives. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think you can sharpen a dull knife? (laughs) I can't spend my time doing, I can't go out, be sharp and come home and like, it's like, come on, like keep this, keep it sharp here. Be a participant, be present. Yeah, because those examples show me infatuation is not going to last forever, but a commitment to building will. And you can always have that infatuated love be brought up and cultivated, but you can't you can't make someone smart. Yeah, y'all trying to have a real grown-ass relationship. Yeah. <laughs> he can bring some people out of the darkness. It's like, it can't be, you can't be over there too. So let me ask you, what is the, do I keep saying, so let me ask you? I don't know. Well, it's good, yeah. So <laughs> what is the most challenging thing to be in relationship with each other? What What is the hardest part for you? Mm. I, f- I feel like I should separate y'all and y'all should tell me separate. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you want to go first? <laughs> don't do it. That's not like a setup. <laughs> I'm not tripping. I, I would say not having a manual to keep it all the way live. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say in these examples, being able to, to turn to, you know, turn your frustrations or your confusion to uh, a brother, you know, or even a, a peer, mm-hmm. let alone an elder, you know, and no one really knows. They don't really, everyone has their own, someone just, some of them just let off steam, but they're like, okay, what are you doing about the problem that caused the steam? You know, like, what's going on? Nothing. And so it just circles around, back around. So I would say not having the manual, not having the clarity, but, you know, like what we started, for me, that comes with sitting still and being clear about where I'm coming from and just remembering my steps behind me and where I'm trying to get to. You know, but not having a manual, not having any reference when it gets super heated, even if it's elders around and they kind of got the face like, damn, because like, they don't have the answer for what the dilemma is because they still have that dilemma or it's something that they cause as a side effect. You know, It's the hardest part, having to sit down and find it in yourself. But 
you know, age of Aquarius. <laughs> Where else you gonna look? Okay. Yeah, I think the challenging part would have to do with, uh, like, something in the world of communication. Um, Just having, especially as we get older, like, I just think we have, uh, I don't know how to put it, like, just sometimes different needs with communication. Um, Or maybe that's even the season we're in. I think I learned from people that have been in relationships that are homies for a while. Like, there's going to be seasons to your relationship. So I think the season that we're in, I'm becoming a lot more internal, quieter. Um, It could be this COVID thing. I don't know. Quarantine. But I feel less talkative. And I feel like I can't always give him what he needs in that realm and I feel guilty about it you know and like the ways that we're used to connecting and like talking and building in that way I'll be feeling inadequate like I don't even have the words and I've I've felt that at different points particularly pregnant and we've had so many children where you know sometimes when I'm pregnant I think my pregnancy with Julius it took all my brains away and so for instance during that pregnancy he was like deep into some real spiritual knowledge and he was trying to share it with me and I literally didn't, I couldn't think. Like question marks. Yeah. (laughs) And so, but times like that, it it creates a riff in a place where you want to be connected, you know? And yeah, I think that would probably be the the more challenging parts. The, The thing is though, is like, I wanted, anytime people ask me for relationship advice, I always say there has to be willingness on both parts to grow and that's what we have like we have it in such a depth and such like like we're never as people we're we are always down to expand grow be wrong but you got to prove it to me that i'm wrong right like that you you might have to do some work to show me or to show him that there's a blind spot but we both have that willingness to expand and so I kind of feel like no matter what the challenge is, it's always, it can always be faced. But yeah, sometimes there is is those things of like, man, how do I communicate this? And I was telling a friend the other day, like, yes, I got to really think, how is he going to take this? And she's like, you've been talking to him for 15 years and you yeah, still got to do that? And I'm like, bust the move. like, don't, don't just, yeah, just let it go. And if and if I'm like, what the hell? Then you can just fix it from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's, yeah, it's, the what the hell doesn't I love, strike on the record. I love the like, way you, you're like, hey, who cares? Yeah. We'll just deal with whatever we're dealing. Umi's like, um, I'm going to try to make this as nice as possible. Because, I don't, you know, don't I don't want to get myself insides. in some bullshit. Like, True. But don't stress your insides but, out. But you sometimes know. I'm careless. And if I'm careless, that can cause conflict. And I don't want to cause conflict. Just fix, just fix the, you know. Fix the conflict? Just because, you know, oh my God, you said I can't believe you said that. And you're just like, damn, just fix it. it that'll that'll fade. That fire will, will fan out if it gets to that level. Yeah. It just fades, you know. I mean, you're just like, oh, okay, I see you don't like that. And then you can go fix it <laughs> instead of having to worry, you know. That's how I move. But, but yeah, that's how you move. You know, that's how that I move. is how you yeah. move. But, you know, some of the challenges like we've gotten over, like, we used to have financial arguments all the time we don't have food that like arguments food arguments what, what was y'all arguing about food because it, it's, it's <laughs> petty it doesn't matter it, 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 i'm like, just curious what that looked like 
Since your diet, I not, can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't decide fine. where to eat. Oh, that's you when decide. I'm beginning I my relationship. <laughs> like, the hell? I don't care about that. The early years, we used to fight about where we go to eat. And then somebody's like, you know, you know, um, Taurus is in restaurant. <laughs> and be like, Damn. Oh wow, it is. Now nah, I get you completely. Now nah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, where are we gonna eat? <laughs> so like we you used know. to fight about like, for instance, we don't have issue of um uh, infidelity. Those yeah. are like or cheating or or that kind of drama. Like I'm I'm a naturally very jealous, possessive person. So those those things were we've been through a lot of the things that people fight about. I'm not having them so. <laughs> that's 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 what we dealing with from the early stage like when we got serious it was like so what was happening we, let's get straight on yeah that right we now, good we know. we got real clear boundaries but you know too i think our the greatest conflict i only have to do with our egos always that's, yeah, that's that's it like but that's everywhere conflict. that's the conflict like, yeah it's really like my my i got a big ego right now you got a big ego right now and i remember though your mom your mom told us it. Be careful on here. Go ahead. I am. <laughs> your mom told us. We don't want the edited version. We want the yeah, real I, deal. You know, yeah. <laughs> your mom told us y'all don't have no real problems. Oh, yeah. She was kind of like lagway laughing. That's hilarious. You know? And his mom is a therapist, so I, it really. You're like, she's like, I scoff at that. <laughs> y'all playing. <laughs> yeah, she, she like watched us arguing about something and she was just laughing. Like, she's like, y'all don't have real problems. Like, these are just like. You mad because something someone else said or a tone of I voice they had. Like <laughs> it's all the boys, I don't like it. I don't like it. So when she that always sticks with me. Like, like we beefing, not really, really. What are we beefing about? Nothing. Yeah. We're okay. beefing about feelings. Now that you have four children, mm-hmm. what? Um, how do you stay in relationship with each other and parent? stay in relationship with each other. Yeah. How do you keep your relationship and like put that first, but also parent for children? We had an agreement to put the relationship first before the baby was born. Yeah. First uh, baby. It's kind of just makes sense. It's like, okay, it, it was, you could say you were here first and then I came and I could say it was me and then it was you <laughs> and then the, the children came. So that means what we have stays primary. Y'all, pick it up you know pick up the pieces of the understanding and move with it but it's not they don't become the priority you know what about how do you how do you stay in relationship with yourself that's harder for me what you mean by the question i don't get it like how do you stay who you are stay true to what i mean you guys are both artists stay true to what you are and what you want to be have a relationship and show up as parents Get, put put a scenario on it. I, I think I, I like I get it a little more. It's now. like you know I feel like how the order goes. We do put our relationship first, mm-hmm. and then we put the children, and then the time we have left over. That's what we dedicate to the other things we have to do. But in terms mm-hmm. of the self, when it has to do with the spiritual self, that's always first before we even get to us. Yeah, like that's... making sure that we have that in alignment like i gotta make sure i'm good you yeah. know and sometimes i struggle with that but this is the actual season where i'm like making sure i don't get lost in all of the things that have to be done with homeschooling and working and 
like checking in with Tarak. So let's say, you know, we all get up and then when Rock works really late, you know, into the night. So when me and him engage, everything stops. Then we make sure that me and him are good before the day goes forward. But I don't know if in like other houses they do it like that. I think, you know, sometimes my mom will ask me about that. Like how y'all just stop everything that you're doing to talk. Because it's going to happen again. <laughs> Get it right now. Hold on a second. This is, we turning in the fire here. This is going to come around again and bite us if we don't get this right now. So hold on. What's the deal? What don't you understand? What's not being? So for me, and, and I can't do that with you unless I've done that with myself. Right. So it starts for me at the altar or at the my personal temple, me being the temple, and then stepping outward to deal with whatever comes up. And so first stop is to deal with Noni, you know, after that. Okay, we're good. And she's telling me what the plan is. Then I can step out to the children and say, okay, how y'all doing? What's going on? And can see what they're dealing with. And then it, being that self interacting with each of them allows them to understand, like, I'm present every time. It's yeah. not like a, a, I don't throw a cliche at them and just be like, whatever. Mm -hmm, that's nice. I, I don't, I can't do that with them because they'll pick up on it so quick. It'll be like tears coming out their eyes. So. I owe them that. I want that. And it's then good. the world comes. I think yeah, our exactly. roles in the world have definitely taken the the furthest seat back. Mm -hmm. When we met, that was like front seat. Mm -hmm. We were both like in the world. This is what we're doing. This is what we're making. And like, you know, people have said over the time, like, y'all still make music? Y'all still do? Yeah, we still do all of that. Yeah, but Pretty regularly, actually. Yeah, we do, but... Our priority is our family. Our priority is ourself. Our priority is our relationship with the Most High, or however you want to call it. Right? And then even expanding that out. Well, yeah, because there's only one thing happening. But even expanding that out, like you know, Debbie is not our family, and then your family's our family, and then this family, and then you know, yeah, my sister coming through and her expanding her relationship with her, and then her cousin. And it just starts to grow and you provide the same things that you could just do for yourself and go out here, you know, for all, you know, and then everything is kind of growing, kind of leavening the situation out rather than just, you know, being the dominant figure in the situation. I don't think that's always necessary. Yeah. When you look at how you do things in, in regards to your children and how they see you guys in relationship with each other, do you feel like um, when, when they're adults, do you feel like they'll look back at, at your relationship and think that is a great example of a relationship or how do you, how do you feel they'll feel about that? Mm, I think that they'll see things that we could have done better, like in terms of communication. But then I think we've planted seeds, like some seeds we've planted, like if, if they see us argue, they see us make up. We do, we pretty like open in front of them about most things with very rare exception. Um, so I think, yeah, like I think they'll, I think they'll get it. I think that they'll want to have a relationship like the kind we have. I do. I think they'll see places where we could have gotten it better, but by the time they get to the, to that age, they'll have already kind of amassed enough self knowledge and wisdom to be able to to not meet those pitfalls. I think they'll be grateful for them. And I think that we'll be able to close out the pitfalls as well, you know, because it's, it's, it's a day-by-day day process. So whatever 
for example, what you're saying, whatever mistakes that they bear witness to or, or growing needs to grow that they witness, they're also going to see the growth. Right. You know, so it happens yeah. right there, spot on. So it's not like after, like, this or that. It's, okay, I saw how it happens and what you need to do for that to happen. Th that's important for me because, you know, I, I guess my age or I have this spot in my mind where a lot of, um, you know, you hear your parents arguing through the wall. Right. And it's like you're in the other room, so it doesn't violate you, but you can hear it through the wall. I mean, I didn't necessarily grow up like that, but that's the environment. And so it's like, well, let's just move that out the way. That's ridiculous. That's causing, um, you know, compartmentalization and all that. If you're going to get to that level and they're like, is everything okay? Pull up a seat. We got to fix this right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's funny because you lived in the loft for a real time. Right? And then it puts you in check, too. It puts yeah. you in check if you have any sort of, you know, adoration for what is going on right and always going on you know when you see a, a little light come into the room that's innocent to all you talking that puts you in check real quick so you can really have a conversation like okay yeah right. and then i see i've, I've watched them like they don't, they'll mention like while wow, you guys have really changed in this way around this i don't even see i don't see y'all getting angry like you used to you know, th those mm -hmm. kind of comments come up and then they can also see on a, on a more, on a smaller level, how they can grow because they're watching our growth in real time. Right. You know, and we're being open about our growth in Vice real versa. time. Yeah. And then we're also telling them, well, this is the, the decision I want to make. This is the kind of person I want to be. And then we're standing on that. Right. And then if we backslide or something, oh, I messed up. Let me, let me correct. Mm -hmm. Let me self correct. And then they're watching that change in in real life particularly it's also put on them to do as well too like you gotta you know i let the children self-correct I, I was a gem my mother gave me put the gem you know give it to them and then allow them time to figure that joint out yeah you do do that that's Man, super challenging like, for me mm, okay. to even think about it that way because you don't you don't you don't think about it i think most people you know i love children but mm. most even I have to, you have, you, how you guys parent your child, mm -hmm. your children has really made me uh, re-examine how I, what my expectations are around children. Because you have a really mm -hmm. good way of letting them come to their lessons through who they are in that moment and not to where you're trying to fast forward them to be. That's the, to but me, that's not easy though. It's not, but it's I not mean, easy. the trick is this, who's teaching them? Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so if my child comes up, right, if Prince comes up and he's super frustrated about whatever, or he's lost his cool and he's gone off and he's talking sassy to, to, his, to his grandma, talking sassy to his mom, and then I'm getting text messages and calls and I come into the situation and I'm frustrated that that happened. Who teaches him? Yeah. I'm his teacher. So yeah, you are. if he's acting like that, then th that's my job. It Let me is. get on my job. And I'm like, hey, man. And then it becomes a reminder because it, it, you know, you boiled over the pot. But it's still for him to figure out himself. But I'm the teacher. So it, you, you can't have an expectation for the stop being disrespectful. Stop talking like Teach them how. Right. In a different light. But, and but a lot of parents yeah. don't have the tools to do that. And I think it's, it's really cool to be able to step back from your child and look at them just as a person yeah. like sometimes in the hustle and bustle of yeah. 
You got four kids. You yeah. got shit to do. You trying to get everybody fed. You trying to pay. Like you crying. It, it somebody's crying over there. Somebody fighting over there. It's really hard to. You guys have a very uh, unique way of stepping out of that and still parenting your kid from the. You know, even because sometimes I'm looking at them like, yeah, I'm gonna get you in the corner, <laughs> man. I'm gonna jack you up for acting crazy. But you do. You you really, uh, uh, you know have a great example of showing how you can step up out of all the all the stuff and really get go to the root of what's going on with the child like mm. not the behavior in that moment but the where pres- that came yeah, from yeah i think there's a preciousness too that folks have around parenting and children that don't doesn't necessarily need to be there like you tease me all the time that i'm like bro like that's how <laughs> i talk to them but I just think like there's there doesn't need to be that preciousness. But you also you have both of those. Yes. So I'm really tender and loving. Yeah. But also like today I'm like, hey, why are you acting like this? We were playing Yahtzee and I saw one of our children being a poor sport. Now, I could have talked to them with like parenting talk like, come on, little Timmy, you can do it. This be a good sport. I'm like, yo. Don't act like a jerk right now. Like, and he's like, why are you calling me a jerk? <laughs> and I'm like, he doesn't know what, what am I doing? And yeah. I'm like, you're mad that he's going to win and you're making it whack for everybody. Mm. And now nobody wants to play. Now that's not how I was parented, but that's to rock. Yeah. That's how to rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's how to rock communicates. Right. But then right. Right. He said, is he a Leo? Yeah. I already know Leo. You want to win. And so right now I'm thinking, I'm thinking very quickly, how can I get this lesson into your head and remembering that it's coming from me and we do have a very precious relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you don't ever want me upset with you. Right. That's the nature of our relationship. So I'm going to tell you in a way that you're going to remember this. Like yeah. I said, I don't sit down and just play a game with you for two, three hours. Normally I want to do this, but I'm not going to do this like this. If you're going to be like a poor sport and like all angry about it and stuff, this is whack. Who wants to play like this? And then the other children are like, this is how he always plays. I'm like, dang, this is how y'all play? <laughs> like, But I think when you, when you look at children as beings, actual humans, and speak with them and challenge them in that way, you see growth. He had to grow out of it. Yeah. And he did. He came to the table. He let that go. But we could have, like, it could have gone so left from being too precious with the situation. Yeah. I mean, we learned that, you know, learning that, you know, a a baby has its own language. You have to learn that language. So that'll change all the. It's like, okay, well, how about you learn the language that the baby (laughs) speaks? Instead of starting to bring him into the play with that, you know, be sweet, of course. Be like, but I love you so much. Say actual words. No, I I love (laughs) to rock parents, babies like children. But what's hilarious about it is that the babies (laughs) respond like like children. children. But, But see, I think that is the key to give them their own words very early. Because we give our children emotional intelligence very, very early. And so... When that whole scenario, like with the, the game, he said, I didn't really like when you use that word jerk. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Did that hurt your feelings? Yeah, it hurt my feelings. Okay, I could probably communicate it in a different it's way. trauma, repetition, and symbols. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That's the little 
mark and they're like, oh, you're hurt. Yeah. yeah. I don't like being feeling like a jerk. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I apologize. Like, let me, can I redo that sentence? Can I tell you in a new way? But, but like that opportunity is for me to grow and him to grow. Yeah. And that's right. a huge part of it. Parenting. It is for both. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it, it's hard. To, you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell you, I don't feel like growing today. Sometimes it's hard yeah. to grow. It, I mean, like that's it makes it challenging for everybody. You guys are amazing parents. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. You see a you lot are. of parents. You're amazing parents. Tarak, you're an exceptional father. Thank you, Dee. Agreed. I think you're a good parent as well. Thank you. Thank you. But I've learned some really good parenting lessons from you guys that I used to parent my own adult children. <laughs> But anyway, it's not about me. So to bring this back to relationship, because I could talk to y'all all day. We'll be in here for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, curtains open. Exactly. Right so when you guys look at yourselves as a couple, mm-hmm. 30, 40 years from now, what do you see? You know, when you see you see those like Instagram or whatever you're looking at and you see those couples and it's like, it's like we've been together for, and they're like really old. It, the, when you see the number on them, like 54 to 50, it's like amazing. <laughs> that's like, wow, that's an amazing number to sit next to someone. But, you know, I'm not necessarily counting. You know, So hopefully it'll just be something that you could enjoy and ascend to, like a bar to get to. Okay. You know? Uh, I hope that it's exciting. Yeah. I think it will be. 80? Yeah. yeah. I, every day, one of the reasons I chose to rock is every day is exciting. So, nothing, I never know what's going to happen. Like, it's I'm on the edge of my seat every day. Like, <laughs> And that's for both of us. Like, he keeps me on the edge of my seat. I keep me on the edge of my seat. She keeps me in, in the, the seat with the right number that goes to my ticket on the right <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, dang. No extreme lefts. <laughs> like, this, these are our seats. These are the seats we got. When our children are grown and when they're out the house, what will we be doing? I imagine we will be doing, like, a lot of excellent creating in the world. And I really feel like we're just starting that part of our relationship. We tried to create together early on, but it's seeming like now that part's getting started. Okay. I think you guys are amazing. I'm so happy I got to talk to you. You're my one. favorite people. I'm going to ask these questions. Can I be? I'm the producer. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I think that you guys have what I what I love about your relationship and what I always see and always notice is that your commitment is to being in relationship with each other. So that's always a given. So if it starts from there, working backwards is always looking at ways to fine tune it and make it better and make mm-hmm. it more harmonious because your commitment is to being in a relationship with, mm-hmm. with each other. It's an instrument. Yeah, nothing else matters after that. You're always going to fix the problem. It's mm-hmm. always going to get better because you are in a very committed, grown-ass folks relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what you, that's so what proud of you niggas. What's your hands and feet for? <laughs> what your, what you, you was your hair for more than a hat rack. <laughs> Okay, so in closing, I'm required to ask these the following questions. It's the joy and pleasure lightning round. Uh oh. You say the Did first I say thing. That out loud? You yeah. say the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh-oh. Um okay. as the host I was going to say to you, say the first thing that comes to your mind. These are not long spiels, just like boom. Okay. Okay, Tarak. What makes you feel the most alive? Air. Umi. 
Um, love. If we really knew you, we would know that. I'm just a part of you. Okay. If you really knew me, you would know that I am as salty as I am sweet. Okay. Tarak, what is the first thing you do when you don't feel good? Wonder what I did. Okay. Uh, get under some water. Get into water in some way. Okay. Mm. Tarak, what is something you were afraid of that no longer scares you? Um, my weaknesses. Okay. Mm, taking up space. What comforts you, Tarak? I like sauces. <laughs> <laughs> we circling back up in here. Let me what comforts you. Uh, you and Tarak. That's my sauce. Sauces. <laughs> Tarak, what turns you on? <laughs> mm. I like sauces. I like so no no um <laughs> transparency. No no um limitlessness. Ooh, even saying it. Limitlessness. Cool. Umi, what turned you on? The forbidden. How do you practice self-love, Tarak? Uh, honesty with myself. Mm. Honesty with myself. Okay. You, know, you may get it from outside, but it's what you say. Okay, one word. Go. Umi? Mm. Time alone. Tarak, how do you rest? You mean like in terms of well, good? And whatever feels okay. restful, restful um, for you. Short and well. I rest. Um, how do I rest? I like to do a lot of lounging with fluffy blankets. Um, <laughs> Firm pillows, very similar, I, I bet, to <laughs> someone I know. A cold room, warm underneath. A cold room. Okay. Um, and I also rest well when someone is painting my nails. Oh, wow. Look mm. at you fancy. Okay. Mm. okay, Tarak, share us a healthy habit or ritual you have. Um, a healthy habit or ritual? You go first this time. Wow, I have so many healthy habits and rituals. Yeah, I'm right. I love them all. Maybe I should start with what I did today. Um, today I made a green smoothie with banana, dates, chlorella, spirulina, um, almond milk, and yeah, that's been my uh, green. Like getting, I'm I'm really right now into getting as much seaweed in my body mm -hmm. as I can. And another healthy habit or ritual that I've been into lately is matcha. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of breathing. I'm really, really in my breathing bag. That's really what I'm focused on. 
how can I learn how to be an incredible breather? Okay. Interrupt. Can you repeat the question? Yes. Share with us a healthy habit or ritual. Um, <clears throat> Qigong and cookies. Those are amazing, bro. Yeah, Qigong. Best cookies uh, on the planet. Heals my body. Um, I used to, I did it for a few years um, every morning. You know, so much so I forgot how much time had went past and I took a break and now I do it with the children. Um, trying to make it a part of their regimen, make them strong, keep their minds light, give them a strong core. And the cookies was trying to tap into, you know, when children were younger, what is it that I could do to begin a relationship with them that's more from a, from what I remember from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And one of my memories was whenever my grandmother made cookies, I sat there. And I watched her put it together, taste it. Ooh, okay, tastes like you did the last time. It's good. I look smooth. So I decided I would bring that around. And I was like, oh, okay. I took that in my mind. It's like, oh, that's my grandmother telling me, live it out. And so I started making cookies. And now it's pretty good. So let me tell you about these cookies, bro. Yeah. The last round, he took Umi's recipe and has made it into a recipe that Umi can't make. The cookies are ridiculous. I'm trying to convince him to let's try to sell these cookies. They're they can be vegan. Yeah. They are gluten free. They, they are ridiculous. They're grain free. They're amazing. They're so refined good. sugar free. They are. They're like and you would never guess any of those things because no. they taste like for real. I like, want them right now. Yeah, they taste. They're ridiculous. Even but trying to buy them, you know. Buy other cookies and say, Is this cookie good? It's a cookie no, no like, there's I no, I don't even eat cookies no more. There's no other cookie better than these cookies, but huh. it warms the children's heart to see a plate of cookies, you know. And what's and these kids don't understand how good these cookies are. <laughs> and then that, when they get older, they'll be like, my, my, my father was making these. They're gonna be the st- their standard of cookies are gonna be so high <laughs> that no one ever in life will make cookies <laughs> exactly. Those are not cookies, they'll spit them out. And people will be like, Yo, yo, yo. Father, that nigga from Detroit, that rapper, made hey, cookies? The guy with the face on the bag at the market, that's, that's your That's your father. dad, exactly. <laughs> that's your father. All right, and lastly, affirm yourself. I am... That I am. I am the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did a great job hosting, Debbie Allen. Hey, thanks. <laughs> excellent job as a guest, Noni Lamar. Hey, you guys were fantastic. And you were an excellent host, Debbie Allen. Hey, thanks. So you're the first man that's ever been on this podcast. How does it feel? <sighs> Pee all over everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I didn't know I was the first male guest. Yeah. You are. Shout out to all of the uh, subscribers, the people who follow All Heart Podcast. Keep the love alive. Thank uh, you. Go ahead, close it up. Subscribe, follow, share this with a friend. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Islam. <laughs>